the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Gulf Coast. SRN News. And that leads us to the second mark of virtuous giving. The first one is you will desire to give. Because God puts it on your heart to give. But the second mark of virtuous giving is that not only will you desire to give, but number two, you will carry out your intentions to give. In other words, you'll keep your word. You'll keep your word. How good are we at following through on our commitments? Booker T. Washington told of meeting a former slave from Virginia who had entered into a contract with his master to buy his freedom. The slave was allowed to work anywhere he chose while earning the money for his freedom. So he moved to Ohio, where he could get better wages. The Emancipation Proclamation set the man free before he could finish paying off his owner, but he kept on working and saving, and eventually went back to Virginia, walking most of the way, to pay what he had promised. The man told Washington that he had given his word to his master, and his word he had never broken. He felt that he could not enjoy his freedom till he had fulfilled his promise. Wow. That's what you call following through on your commitments, isn't it? Hello, and welcome to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve teaches the Bible expositorily, or verse by verse, hence the name of this program. When he came to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he decided that even though talking about money could be perceived as self-serving by some people, the Apostle Paul had no fear and dealt with it very directly in what he wrote to the Corinthian church. In fact, what Paul wrote will actually make it exciting and pleasant to give generously if we will take his words seriously. Many false teachers, even some really good Bible teachers, go about fundraising in all the wrong ways. We heard about uh, some of those teachers and their ways in the last broadcast. They usually involve a lot of pressure and guilt. But as we'll see later in this series, Paul told his readers in the next chapter... Each one must do as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Today, let's consider how we can give not only generously, but with integrity. Here's Pastor Steve. I was reading this week how when King David uh, was talking about the temple being built, of course, his, his son Solomon would, would be the beneficiary of that. God would not allow David to build the temple, though it was in his heart to do that. But when David was collecting uh, resources for it, the Bible says that the people willingly gave. They, they willingly, they had a willing heart to give. And they gave a lot. And David personally gave a fortune for it. Of course, David owned a fortune. But he gave. And the people did. They had willing hearts. That's First Chronicles 29. See, one of the ways to determine if a financial campaign is marked by integrity is to evaluate if people are encouraged by the leadership to give voluntarily out of a desire in their hearts to give, or if they are intimidated to give, giving out of guilt or some high-pressured approach. There are some pastors who so browbeat their people into giving that uh, if they don't give what he thinks they should give, 
He's going to do such things. He's going to scold them. He's going to send the offering plate around three times. He's going to um, shame them. He's even going to threaten them. Mark Twain, who was not by any stretch of thinking a Christian, but was a humorist, Mark Twain said once that he was so sickened by long appeals for money that not only didn't he give what he planned to give, but Mark Twain said he actually took some money out of the offering plate. Now, there's a thought. It's not a good thought. It's a funny thought. I wouldn't recommend that. But let me state the principle of verse 10 as as clearly as I can. All virtuous giving, godly giving, starts with a desire to give. Why? Why? Why is that where it begins? Because God is the one who puts the desire on your heart. God is the one who does that. So that when you say yes to a fundraising appeal, you have the assurance that you're giving what God wants you to give. Not only where you should give, but what you should give. God is the one who leads us by desires. And we know that because scripture speaks about it. He gives you the desire of your heart and he puts those desires there. Now, if it's contrary to the word of God, then God's not giving you that desire. But you hear about something, it makes sense to you, God has given you wisdom, you go, yes, that's that's what I want to do. But that's where it begins. You want to do it, you don't feel like you have to do it. If you feel like you have to do it, then don't do it. Don't do it then. But once you have this desire in your heart, once you have that desire to give, and you know that this is what God is, is doing, it makes sense to you, all that, then you know what? You need to follow through, and you actually need to give. And that leads us to the second mark of virtuous giving. The first one is you will desire to give because God puts it on your heart to give. But the second mark of virtuous giving is that not only will you desire to give, but number two, you will carry out your intentions to give. In other words, you keep your word. You keep your word. Verse 11 says this, but, I mean, it's one thing to desire it, but now finish doing it. Now finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may also be the completion of it by your ability. These words, Paul tells the Corinthians that they need to finish the task of giving their money for the poor believers in Jerusalem. The initial giving, which stemmed, he says, from your desire to help the poor, it's not good enough to just stop there. It's not, it's not enough to have good intentions. It's not enough to say, I desire to give, but then you don't actually do it. Or you start it and then you don't finish it. Paul says, complete it. Finish the task. Get it done. Do what you said you would. See, Paul is addressing a common problem, not only in his time era, but, but today as well. And it's this. People start off oftentimes with the best of intentions in giving their money for a certain project. You may, you may hear of something at, at your church. I mean, we have all kinds of things. You're hearing about building campaigns. You'll, uh, you, Jack just mentioned this morning about Christmas in October. There'll be other things. We take a benevolent fund um, each month for the, those who have needs in our church right after the Lord's Supper. You, you, you hear of those things. They make sense to you. You start off, you say, yes, I'm going to give. Maybe even pledge, in the, like we had in the building campaign, to uh, say this is what my intent is to, to give. But then what happens is uh, time goes on, time elapses, and uh, you know what? You don't have the same enthusiasm to begin with. It's easy to get distracted by other things. Or... You, uh, you have some financial needs in your own life. I mean, there's always needs. Things come up and, oh, okay, well, I said I would do that, but that was then. 
Yes, I filled out something. I agree, but I'm not, I can't do that. Now I'm going to do something else. And we fail to follow through and complete what we promised to do. This is really what Paul is addressing with the Corinthians. That's what happened with them. And Paul says that kind of giving lacks virtue. It lacks integrity because good desires, good intentions, and even good starts are meaningless without completing particular projects. You know, the Lord Jesus spoke of this too spoke of tenacity and following through and the importance of completing projects, finishing what we started. He said in Luke chapter 9, he said, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Start what you finish. Don't get involved if you don't think you're going to finish it. That's integrity, to finish what you started. God demands this kind of faithful integrity, and that involves being focused persevering, following through with the intentions to do what you believe God put on your heart to do. See, it is it is very easy, as I said, to let all kinds of things distract us. Other financial needs out of, out of sight, out of mind. You move on to other things. The uh, initial enthusiasm for a project isn't there. And this is where, where I said we, we must stay focused. That's integrity. We need to give what we said we would give. And, and that even goes for weekly giving. You, you have to give what you decided, this is what God wants me to do, and I'm going to do it. You say, but what if I have other financial needs? Listen, if God has led you in the light to give something, then even though you may have other financial needs, God's not changing his mind. God is not wishy-washy. God doesn't change his mind on something. If he led you in the and you were walking in the light and he led you to give, then you know what? Even though there are other financial needs, God will meet your needs. God will meet your needs. Have integrity and trust the Lord. Now, having said that, we want to balance it with the third mark, the third truth about virtuous giving. Number one, you'll desire to give. Number two, you'll carry out your intentions to give. And the third mark of virtuous giving is this. Your giving will not result in a personal financial burden. Yes, it may stretch you a little bit, but it, but it will not drive you into debt. If it does, then God is not in it. Let's look at verse 12 and we'll see what, what we're talking about. For if the readiness is present, you have a readiness, a desire, it's there. It is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Now, this verse actually answers and, and clarifies and explains the last phrase of verse 11, where Paul said, so there may also be the completion of it by your ability, by your ability. And notice that now Paul says, not only by your ability, but according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. In other words, God wants our giving to be in proportion to the resources we have. He doesn't want you to go into debt financially to finance a church project or any kind of Christian project. He doesn't want you to give more than what you actually have. Now, I said before, yes, there may be financial needs, and God does want us to be generous, and sometimes he stretches us, and you may have to sacrifice some things in your budget and give up other things, but God does not want you to make promises to give what you don't have to give. I think that's very important, especially, as I told you weeks ago, we live in in an age in which it is a fundraising technique to have a faith promise approach. And the faith promise says, you don't have it now, but you're going to promise that you're going to give this by faith. You're going to trust God to, to give you this extra money. 
And you know what? I, I've always felt about that, that that is presuming upon the grace of God. How do you know God's going to give you more than what you normally get? He may. And I think the motives could be good, and I think it could be honoring to the Lord, but there's no assurance that he's going to do that. Instead, this verse seems to just exactly say the opposite. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Give what you have, not what you hope to have. God wants your giving to be in proportion to what you make. And this is extremely important because there are some leaders who make appeals for funds without any consideration or sensitivity to, uh, to us financially. All that matters is the bottom line. Raise the money for the project. But they don't care how the people come up with the money. They don't care if you have to go into debt. They don't care if you have to neglect another biblical financial responsibility. You can pledge all the money you want and plan to give what you don't have, and you have no idea where you're going to get that money, but all that matters is that the funds are raised. That is not God's perspective. That is not God's perspective. God does not place demands on us to give beyond what we make. And any financial campaign that is run with integrity will not place unrealistic demands or impossible financial demands upon you to give what you don't have or what you don't make. See, the Bible teaches, as we've, as we've said many times now, the amount should be always in proportion to what we make. Always in proportion to what we make. It, there's nothing clearer than 1 Corinthians 16. Let me read this to you. Nothing clearer than this. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. The same, it's the same context, the offering for the poor at Jerusalem. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, and he means the Jerusalem saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. This was all over. This was not just limited to the Corinthians. This is for all believers. On the first day of every week, that is Sunday, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. Paul said, when I get there, I want it all done. I don't want to be involved in this. I want it all done. But give each week as God has prospered you. Some of us, God has prospered less than others. Others, he's prospered more. Give what in proportion to what God has prospered you. And you know what? There is no place, as I've said before, no place in the New Testament there is a command for us to tithe. There are statements that Jesus made to the Pharisees under law about tithing, but nothing to uh, to us in the New Testament or New uh, Church era. Give in proportion. Give in proportion to what we make. As I said before, certainly we should be generous, and God may at times lay on your heart to go beyond your normal level of giving. If that's the case, then you have to choose to sacrifice something else. But he's not leading you into poverty by this. And I think that the reason Paul brought this up to the Corinthians, and this will come out more next week as we study this, I think the Corinthians must have thought, Paul, you're talking about generosity. You're talking about us giving to the poor in Jerusalem. Do you want to impoverish us? Are you saying give everything so that they can be wealthy? Is that what you're saying? And he'll go on to say, no, I'm not saying that at all. And here I think Paul's being a little defensive and answering one of their objections. God is not asking or telling you to to give so that you will be impoverished. God doesn't ask us to give money or pledge money that we don't have 
or will never make, or we have to go in the poorhouse for it. You see, there is no virtue in giving to the Lord's work in order to neglect other God-given responsibilities. And let me show you something that's very important. First, Timothy chapter 5. So, see, there's a balance here. As you're turning there, there's a balance. Yes, sacrifice. Yes, give. But don't go in the poorhouse for it. Don't give up taking care of what you need to take care of. And, and Paul in this chapter is talking about the needs of widows in the church. Back in Paul's day, they didn't have governmental help. There were no pension plans, nothing like that. Oftentimes, widows were just at the, the mercy of people. And Paul is saying the church will step in to help if they have nobody else, no other family members. And then he addresses a family member, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own... If any person doesn't take care, it means financially, materially, for his own, and especially for those of his household, family, he says, he has denied the faith, denied Christianity, and is worse than an unbeliever. If you or I as a believer have somebody in our family that we need to take care of, and we don't do it, we've denied the faith. Why have you denied the faith? Because at the heart of our faith is the sacrificial death of Christ. Our faith is about giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. If, if we don't give and if we're not loving, we've denied the very heart of the gospel. And he said, you're worse than an infidel. You're worse than an unbeliever because most unbelievers, most unbelievers certainly know and, and do this in taking care of their family members. That's, that's not something that's uh, beyond what most people do. So what Paul, Paul is saying as you put this together, God is not telling you to give to a church ministry if that means that you will put your children, your spouse, your family in dire financial straits. Now, we're not talking about luxuries. We're talking about their needs. Take care of their needs. Don't say I've got to give any, to, to something else, but my children aren't going to eat. You know, that's a mark of cults. Cults have done that where people have sacrificed everything. Jonestown had that. They gave it all up. And others have done that because of some high-powered messianic-type leader who demanded that people give their money. And they did, and it didn't matter that uh, their family had needs. God is not asking that. God does not say that. Paul did not teach that. He wasn't telling the Corinthians to give it all up, everything, so that you would be impoverished. Giving that is characterized by integrity, by virtue, will never ask you to compromise other biblical truths in order to achieve a fundraising goal. So these are some of the, the ways we evaluate giving. I think this is important for all of us because we live in a day and age in which people will take advantage of you. Not only false teachers, but uh, orthodox Bible teachers who somehow live by pragmatism when it comes to this stuff rather than by the word of God. Let's bow for prayer and consider, how does God want us to respond to this? Obviously, you have to respond. Obviously, you have to, in your heart and mind, make decisions. So I'm going to ask you several questions, and you answer them unto the Lord. First of all, do you base your, your giving on a desire to give, desire that God puts in your heart? So obviously, he wants you to give. So there's, there's no question about that. If you're not giving, then that's sin. But you should give what you want to give, not because you feel someone has exerted pressure 
upon you, either from this church or outside this church in a parachurch ministry. Don't, don't give. Don't give because you feel forced to, intimidated, guilty, reluctant, but you have to save face. Secondly, in your desire to give, do you actually follow through and give? Have you filled out a card? Maybe, maybe it was here for the building campaign, and what have you done about that? Or maybe it's some other organization. Intentions are not good enough. There's an old adage that says the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You have to follow through. You have to be one who finishes the task. If you promise to give somewhere, then have integrity and do it, even if it means sacrificing in another area. Third question, what you're giving or when you give, is it in proportion to what you have? Certainly, God doesn't want believers to live self-centered lives. Maybe you make a lot of money, but are you using that, most of it for yourself, or are you honoring the Lord with it? Maybe you make a little amount of money, and we could also use that to just center things around us. We need to follow proportionate giving. Are you giving in proportion to what you make? Don't give such a large amount that you're impoverished by it, but don't give such a small amount either that God says you're not generous. So these are the principles we need to follow. These are the principles that will protect us so that we are wise as stewards. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, for those of you who who don't know him, understand that God really doesn't want your money at all. He wants your life. He doesn't want your money. He wants your life. He's already given his life for you in Christ. And he calls you to give your life to him, not lip service, not walking an aisle, but your life. You give your life by repenting of your sin. You recognize that you're sinful. You deserve judgment in hell. Christ died for sinners. And you come to him and you trust him that his death was for you. And that the only way you can ever be forgiven is through the death of Christ. And you need forgiveness because you're a sinner. Well, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the practicality of these truths. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to live by them, to be very uh, wise, virtuous, honest in our giving. And thank you, Lord, that you're concerned about us to tell us these truths. I pray for those who may not know you, draw them to yourself now. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, there's no better time than now. Stay tuned and I'll have a phone number for you if you have questions. I'm glad you could join us today for Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff wrapped up another sermon in his series about generous giving from 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you want to talk to someone about salvation, have questions about today's broadcast, or if you'd like to visit Lakeside some Sunday and need directions, you can call the office at 727-441-1714. There's also information about Lakeside online at lakesidechapel.com. 
You can order a CD if you'd like that has the whole sermon Pastor Steve just concluded today. Just call that same number and ask for message 655, Giving with Integrity, Part 1. The phone number is 727-441-1714. I just added them up, and today was our 17th broadcast in this series on giving. And we have a ways to go before we finish learning about Paul's wonderful counsel on giving. To catch up on any previous programs, just visit our website, versebyverseradio.org, and go to the Message Archive page. Stream or download as many as you like. There is no charge for these files. But if you would like to help support this ministry, we have a giving page where you can do so easily and securely. That's versebyverseradio.org. We're deeply grateful for the generous listeners who help underwrite these daily Bible classes. This is Jerry Peterson. So far, we've looked into three marks of giving with integrity. First, there is the desire to give, and we should give because the Lord moves us to do so, not because someone pushes us into it. Secondly, we'll follow through on this desire and actually give rather than just make promises. And the third principle is that we will not neglect other God-given financial responsibilities in order to give beyond our means. But do you ever feel like your giving has tipped the scales so that the recipients of your kindness have become better off than you are? Well, as Pastor Steve will be pointing out in our next verse-by-verse, that ought never to be. Paul told the Corinthians, For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality. I hope you can be here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.